Hello, hello, hello. My name is Robert. I am the recovery guy, and you have entered into the fix. Good afternoon. My name is Robert. I am the Recover Guy. Welcome, welcome, welcome to Recovery Guy Podcast. I'm really excited to be here today and, and uh, share my experience, strength, and hope with you. I'm extra excited because I have a great friend in studio with me, and I'll get to him in just a moment. But in the meantime, uh, check out my uh, my podcast, Recovery Guy Podcast, uh, on the major podcast channels. You can catch um, all of my uh, uh, podcasts and my videos on Real Recovery Guy on YouTube. And of course, for my blogs and podcasts, you can go to recoveryguy.org. And I'm excited about uh, you joining us today. Oh, Instagram, recovery underscore guy, another social media contact that you have for me. As a matter of fact, we're going to talk about social media today. But before I do, before I get too long-winded, I'm going to introduce my friend, Bo. He's going to spend a few minutes sharing a little bit of his story, and then we're going to get on to today's topic. So, Bo, welcome to Recovery Guy. Yeah, thank you, Robert, so much for having me. Uh, it's been a pleasure getting to know you over the last uh, couple of years, and I'm glad to be here. And uh, yeah, I'll share, I'll give you a few minutes of my backstory, and then I guess we'll take it from there. So, uh, my name is Bo Payne. Uh, I'm calling in from Boise, Idaho. I'm not originally from Idaho, but I've been up here for about 15 years. I came up here actually about 20 years in northern Idaho in Lewiston to play baseball at Lewis Clark State College years ago. And then um, ended up in Boise, back from forth, Seattle to Boise, Seattle to Boise over the last year. So my recovery uh, story, or I guess my backstory, Robert, um, a lot of, uh, I'm the only alcoholic in my family. i I think I may have, you know, a drunken uncle somewhere. I don't know. I think we all do, <laughs> but I don't, I, I don't come from any, uh, you know, my sister's the head coach, of the University of Colorado women's basketball team. Um, you know, my mother and father both have, you know, graduate degrees from Tulane and Vanderbilt and which are great schools. I'm a high school dropout and I have a GED from a Idaho state penitentiary. <laughs> it's where, um, so not dumb, but made uh, really poor decisions throughout my life. So I guess, you know, uh, my story is, has a lot of, you know, real lows and pitfalls, but at the very core of it, it's the same as most everybody else's is that I was absolutely defeated. And uh, so I, my earliest memories of childhood, incredible violence and dysfunction, not, not a, a substance abuse, you know, drug abuse, alcoholism, all that stuff, but just violence, you know, and I, and I had, I, you know, I ran through the gamut, uh, what was perpetrated on me, you know physical, mental, emotional, spiritual, sexual abuse, no sexual abuse in my family that was outside of my family. But all of that, I could probably write, you know, four books on those things. And, and, you know, unfortunately, and so by the time I was 11, you know, I was just so destroyed mentally and and inside. And, you know, I had no self-esteem and I had had no uh, self-worth and I hated myself. And that I just, uh, I turned to drugs and alcohol, you know, and I, I think I smoked marijuana and when I was 11, that made me feel good. But really the first time that I felt like I fit in anywhere is when I started drinking and I was 11 or 12 when I started drinking. And, uh, you know, it's like it talks about it in our literature, you know, I, I felt like I arrived, you know, I felt like, you know, my, my insecurities went away. I felt like I was better looking. My jokes were funnier. I could talk to women. I could, I could just fit in with people. Um, I was always a great athlete as far as, uh, you know, I was generally the best 
player on my teams. I played, you know, football, baseball, soccer, you know, I uh, lived in Vancouver, BC at the time, played hockey, a lot of different stuff. And I was ended up being a Florida Marlins Major League Baseball draft pick later on in life, uh, my baseball career. And that was cut short due to surgeries. But I like to say due to surgeries, but it was cut short due to severe <laughs> drug and alcohol yeah. abuse, alcoholism. And anyways, um, I'm grateful for everything and how it turned out. So that's kind of a backstory of me. Um, you know, I use drugs and alcohol. I'm, I'm first and foremost an alcoholic. And then everything kind of goes from there. Mm-hmm. I, I drank for so long for many different reasons. A, I liked the way, the feeling that it produced on me. Uh, B, I, it made me fit in. It took away a lot of my fears and my insecurities, you know. And, and C, I just, uh, I became physically uh, addicted to it, you know, to all of it. You know, I got that phenomenon of craving. You know, and it just when that took over, I just couldn't stop. So, yeah. so once I had one drink, I, I could never stop. And, and what with me, once I drank, I took that one drink. Uh, you'd probably see me three weeks later on a police mm-hmm. blo- a blotter, you know, in county, county jail. And then eventually the county jail stints dro- dried up and the judge would send me to the penitentiary. And I've spent about 10 years total uh, behind bars incarcerated over the last probably since year 2000 or so. And that's been tough. Um, but I've been out a handful of years and and I'm sober six years. So I just turned my life around by uh, finally admitting that I am powerless over this stuff, man. And <laughs> every time I touch alcohol to my lips, my life is unmanageable. I can't, I'm just powerless and unmanageable. I, and I have decades of, of, of proof. So I just quit fighting it. I, I gave in, I conceded to my innermost self and I'm alcoholic. And then when I was able to do that, I was able to start working a program. And, uh, you know, I attend 12 step meetings. I work steps. I work with other guys. I have great relationship with my higher power and it's been a really good run really good handful of years of my sobriety so i think everything in life is a teachable teachable moment i think it's led me to where i am right now getting to talk to wonderful people and good friends like yourself who are like-minded and i i honestly you know wouldn't wouldn't trade my life for the world these days you know and i and i appreciate that there's so many as you were talking so many bells went off in me uh-huh. um just um from a housekeeping standpoint, if people want to follow you on, on Instagram, where you and I became friends, yes. um, what's your Instagram? My handle on Instagram is uh, Sober Bo. So at Sober Bo, S-O-B-E-R-B-E-A-U. So uh-huh. folks, uh, that's how I got to, to, to know Bo and what a great relationship and friendship yeah. we've had. And I had an opportunity, Bo, through the secretary, invited me to come up and speak in Boise. And we had a great opportunity yeah. to meet each other face to face. And and that was that was fantastic. Um, you know, one of the things that I think is so important, Bo, as you and I discuss addiction and alcoholism, you found, and because a lot of people who listen may not have a substance abuse, but their behavior in talk about real quick before we get on to the topic about the other areas of life that you have applied, because alcohol isn't the problem. Alcohol is our response to the problem, right? I think it's a response to the problem. I think it's a reaction to the problem. I think alcohol is but a symptom. You know, it, it's for me, took alcohol away from me and I was still left with everything that I didn't like about myself. I was, yeah, selfish. I, I was self-centered. I, I, I was a taker. I wasn't a giver. I, I thought about myself constantly. I, I had no self-esteem, no self-worth. I was useless to my fellow man. I mean, if you read page 52 in the big books, it talks about the bedevilments, which I know that you are, you could probably recite that page word for word. It's my favorite page in the big book because it just talks about how emotionally destroyed we were. And, and I was just absolutely useless. So 
alcohol was my best friend and it was my wife it was my mistress it was my best friend all in one it was it, it was comfort food for me anytime i was happy i would turn to it anytime i was sad i would turn to it every time i was blah you know whatever tuesday afternoon saturday night monday morning i, I just i turned to it for everything in my life and so when I dump alcohol on all these problems that I had in life, when I take away the alcohol, I was still left with all this mm -hmm. stuff. Yeah. So I had to say, okay, so I made the decision to get sober. I, I, I came to believe that a power greater than myself, you know, a number two, you know, well, I'll talk about the first one, you know, my life is unmanageable completely. I'm powerless and unmanageable. So what do I go about becoming happy and being a good member of society sober? You know, how do yeah. I go about lit? How do I go about living? Yeah. How do I, how do I, you know, be, go about being a good son, a father, uh, a brother? How do I stop lying? How do I stop cheating? How do I stop taking and all this stuff? And it just started happening, you know, slowly but surely by working a program. And I just don't subscribe to the fact that, okay, God, I need help. Um, take away my alcoholism and that's it. Yeah. Like there's work to be done. <laughs> no, and, and, I, and yeah. And, and I, boy, I, I love to share that as much as possible because we all drank different amounts and different types, some with gin, some with beer, some with tequila, mm -hmm. whatever, some would use drugs, but the common denominator between you and me and the other people in and out of the rooms who need recovery is that we we had a common experience with a with an emotional loneliness completely that that caused such extreme pain and isolation that some people's response would be pornography or compulsive overeating or anorexia or gambling or alcohol or drugs or anger but th those were just responses to to that loneliness, that despair that we commonly felt in the rooms. Wouldn't you agree? Oh, 100%. You know, I, I, I think to lose hope is one of the, just one of the most devastating feelings in the world, to be hopeless. Yes. You know, and, and I had this big black hole inside of me, this empty hole of, of I, I just hated myself. Like, I mean, I literally had loaded guns to my head with the hammer cocked and just like, God, give me the strength to pull this trigger. You know, when I was at my worst years ago and and I'm glad that never happened. <laughs> mm -hmm. But, you know, I just, I was just out of hope. I, I had, I had nowhere to turn or I was unwilling to turn to where I needed to, you know, and I was at that jumping off point where I couldn't live with alcohol, but I couldn't live without it. I couldn't imagine life with it, or I couldn't imagine it without it. And I just wanted to die. And I had no, I had no hope. I had no idea. I didn't know how to fill in that empty hole. that was just of depression of, of whatever, you fill in the blank, you know? Mm -hmm. um, and then I finally, started looking at other people in the program that had similar stories to me. And we all have very similar stories. I think our baseline is that we were broken people yeah. and needed help. And I was definitely a broken man. Um, but I, well, after I made the decision to get sober for good, I went and I said about, you know, okay, so getting sober, what am I going to do to be happy in sobriety, to be productive in mm -hmm. sobriety, to have a life in sobriety, as I was you know, alluding to earlier, and I found that through, you know, you know, this program and my relationship with a higher power. And I had to develop that, you know, it just didn't happen overnight for me. Um, but I, I fill in those holes on a daily basis, you know, do I have a perfect life? God, you know, <laughs> I don't think anyone, anyone who tells, you know, for me, in my experience, anyone who says they work a perfect program. Well, I don't believe it because I've never yeah. seen anyone where I don't know what a, a perfect program is. I don't know what a perfect yeah. person is. You know, I, you know? I, I'll <laughs> say that, you know, to, to add to that, uh, 
anyone tells me they work about a program, they'll probably lie about other things also. <laughs> <laughs> it's like the default mechanism, you know. Oh, yeah. and, used, yeah. and that used to be mine too. That's a, you bring, you know, set perfect segue. I, like I would just like lie to you. I, I'm I'm yeah. on my apartment right now, and I, I live in a kind of a, a high rise, and I'm on the fourth floor. And I look out; it's sunny out, and I could. Oh, you ask me, hey, Bo, what's the weather like in Boise? I'd be like, oh, it's pouring rain, man. Yeah. <laughs> you know, just, I don't know why. Yeah. I would just lie. I don't, I'm not a liar anymore. I don't do that anymore. You um, know, and, and, <laughs> and along with that, with that's why we have steps. That's why, yes. you know, you and I offline, we're talking about, we are, we are recovered from that seemingly helpless state of mind and body. And as people of recovery, because we know we don't do anything to perfection, right? We claim spiritual progress rather than spiritual perfection. That's why I do a 10 step. We do a 10 step every single day because I know that I, even though I might've gotten close to the mark yesterday, I missed the mark to yeah. in one area to one degree or another. Uh, and, and, and I need to take that inventory and you had said it earlier offline, your goal and to paraphrase you is to become a better version today than you were yesterday. Yeah, Why? 100%. Because you, if you were perfect yesterday, we're done. We're finished. We're done. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And, and again, the beauty of our journey is it is a journey. It is, I, I'm so glad what we're involved with is not a destination because I would have been done a long time ago and I never want to be finished. And, and to piggyback on that, Robert, if I ever think that I'm done on my journey and that I've got this thing licked, that's probably not too far after you'll find me with a drink in my hand. You know what? And, you know, I hope that the day that they're pouring dirt on me or, maybe spread my ashes over Fenway Park. That's kind of my <laughs> my dream when I die. But I hope that I am still learning you know, the day I that I die. Anyone who doesn't have that opinion, like I previously said, will lie oh, yeah. about other things also. Yeah, absolutely. You know, because we never, we do never stop. We never, again, you know, if, if you can stop doing this and, and, and live a life without a plan of recovery, hey, I'll be the first person to take my hat off to you. Yeah. I just hope I just don't happen to be one of those people. And you know, not only that, Bo, I don't want, you know, we met Ed, right? Ed L, who is 50 years sober, secretary of that speaker meeting. And where was Ed at a meeting? What's he doing? Sponsoring people. What's, you know, mm -hmm. he's active. After 50 years of personal recovery, you would think, well, 50 years, you probably can stop now. Ed would say, why would I want to stop? Yeah, I've known Ed for probably 15 years. And, and he's ever since I've known him, he's always been like that. You know, he's yeah. greeting he's greeting people. He's still sponsoring people. I think he's 87 years old. Yeah. Um, and just he's just, just a great guy and a great example yeah. of what it means, you know. And, and I, we're, we're humans. We're fallible. We're going to make mistakes. And, and perfection is unattainable. I, I just in my life, it is. So 10 step inventory, I can always do better. Even if I think like I've had a great day today, to be honest with you, you know, I went to a great meeting. I get to talk recovery with you, my, my good friend, and I've got some good stuff lined up for the evening. But at the end of the night, when I take, you know, constructive inventory of what I did today, I'm going to find something that I can do better tomorrow. You know, 100%. You know, and when we look at, I do that a lot as a husband with Laura. Sometimes uh -huh. I'll reflect interaction. I'll think I could have been more kind to her. I could have been a better husband. And I'll actually go back and apologize. Say, you know what, babe, you said this yesterday and this was my response. This should have been my response. And I apologize that for me, 
I wasn't the person to you that I wanted to be. And I do that with my children, sometimes with my grandchildren, mm. in relationships I have with people. I try to go through different relationships and opportunities that I have because I know no matter how good I was, I could have been better if my ego did not get in my way. I was just going to say that that's like to be able to do a 10 step inventory, instructively review our day in the evening is such a, for me, it takes humility that I never had in the past. Yeah. And it, and it takes smashing that ego or leaving it at the door or whatever metaphor you want to call it. And it takes humility for me to say, I was wrong or I can do better. And like, like you said, to uh, my girlfriend or to my, my daughter or to my, my buddies or to somebody that I yeah. owe it amends to or, you know, or this and that. And, and, it, and it's great. And it's, it's not a big deal. If I found out that it's not this daunting task, it's like, yeah. do it, man. You're not, a, you're not perfect. You're not above people. Review your day and where you need to make amends to somebody, do it. And where you need to be better, do it. And tell the people about it, you know, just like, you know don't make a big deal out of it. You know what? Oftentimes, and you'll finally find, you'll probably find this true as well. We'll say something like that, that then they'll say, no, you were fine. Maybe yeah. to them, it didn't, you yeah. know what I'm saying? Maybe totally. the Lord will say, what's the matter? You didn't defend. Well, I believe I did because I know what my mark is. And, yeah. and even though you might've been happy, I wasn't happy because I know I can treat you better or 100%. I can be, a, you know, and, 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 you know, we, that's the power of taking our own inventory, because if I wait for Laura to take my inventory, I'm a, I got to go. I think it's twofold, you know, like, like making amends or saying sorry to somebody, or I think it's like, we do it because we feel we owe it to people. And a lot of times we do, but for me, you know, it's almost cathartic in knowing that I can do better myself as a human being yes. and, they, and, and other people like you just alluded to maybe don't say, don't see it and say, Oh, well, I don't really know what you're talking about. You're fine. You don't owe me any, but, but inside we can't lie. What's we can't, I can't lie to myself. I know yeah. my standards Boom. that know. you just hit it out of the park because to that biblical adage to thine own self be true. Uh, you know, both. they told me it's two o'clock in the morning and the lights are out. Only, you know what the truth is. You know, and and to, and to deny that, because if I deny that truth, Bo, what else will I deny? Exactly. And I deny this. And, 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 and you and I know, as people who have relapsed, we know that relapse isn't a, an event. It's a process. Oh, yeah. Oh, it yeah. occurs yeah. over time, almost like, almost like water drip, 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 drip will take a sharp edge and round it. Yeah. The drinking it's just it. one drip. I was going to say the drinking is like the like the coup de gras or the final yeah. act, you know. But yeah, it's but, a physical evidence. Yeah, but the, but the actual for me, and I'm guessing for you and for most people, yes. it, it, it's it's a gradual lead up of yeah. of of not doing things, of slacking things, cutting corners, half measuring things. And then all of a sudden, I've got a drink in my hand. You know, oh, how did that happen? <laughs> there, there's an aero, and I'm not an aerodynamic expert. All I know is how to fly in a plane, right? Nor so, am I. <laughs> so. What, what I do know is, because I've watched Star Trek, that if, if you're off course even one degree, by the time you get 100, 200, 1,000 miles, you're off course. And they can't, oh, even, they yeah. can't even find you yeah. anymore. Yeah. And all it took, you know, that's why people who mill things and machinists are so finite. Because they know they have to 
Well, they need to get that thing down to the most finite degree because it's so critical. If it's off a little, it'll end up damaging and even breaking the machine. Oh, completely. And, and I agree. And this girl in this meeting I was at today, um, and I respect her eventually, she's about to get 20 years. In, wow. Uh, it's about a week from now or so. And um, she came in as a baby. She came in at 16. It's just wow. impressive. You know, she had a terrible childhood. Oh, my goodness. But um, and I respect her immensely. But anyways, what she said was she, she said, look, you know, relapse and, and, and you know, and this disease is, is progressive and it gets progressively worse when not treated. But on the flip side, recovery gets progressively better yes. the more we dive into it. And yes. it's like I was just like I wanted because I told you I was chairing the meeting. I was filling in for somebody who had COVID. And I just like wanted to jump out of my seat, put my arms up like you are the, <laughs> the goods, you know, because I want people to know that it's like, like I say, no matter how far down the scale we've gone, you know, you know, it's just like, it doesn't matter if you apply these principles in your life and you just become willing. And if we just, just become willing, yeah, that, that our whole lives can turn around and it's just amazing. Man, you, know? you know what? And and our life does turn around and your life has turned around. And we, we know countless people that who have, who came in before us and who came in after, and we're seeing their life changed for the better every single day. And, you know, it's, it's a miracle just recently, um, a friend of mine, Chris and his fiance, Mary, uh, they got married and in June and, and Chris, was in 11 different treatment centers and we first met in uh, 2010 when i was doing a big book study at a treatment center he was in and today he's got nine years of personal recovery you know and countless people are finding a way you know because the sad thing is bo most people die from our our arrestable disease because it can be arrested, never cured. That's why we never drink again. But it can be arrested and our life can turn around and every day can get better, not every day can get worse. And sadly, I and I think I mentioned it when I was up in Boise, Father Martin, I had heard him say, for every one alcoholic in recovery, there's 35 who will die. I love Father Martin. And I, you know, because I've been in so many rehabs and VA yeah. hospitals over the years and then like Thomas Henderson and father Martin were like the two go-to stuff that they'd yeah. always show us. And, and to piggyback on that just real quick, you know, I had one of my closest friends pass away August 4th. I'm sorry. Uh, he, yeah, no, I appreciate that. And he was a, uh, a roughneck oil worker in North Dakota. And I had done a lot of prison time with him in the past and uh, guys, uh, college athlete, kind of like he was a baseball player, caring, kind, he was a leader. He was strong. He was tough. He was smart. He was also a terrible alcoholic and other things. And that's just like the end result of people who are unwilling to attack that disease with everything they have to get better. And and I don't want to sound crass because I, I love my friend and I miss my friend. His name is Casey. Um, but that's the that's what happens. That's the outcome. And I don't even have enough fingers and toes to count on how many friends of mine have passed away over the years. And uh, unfortunately, this is the end result of what this disease, in my opinion, wants to do to us is kill us. And I'm yeah. just not willing to let that happen to myself. You know, um, you, like 
me and and other people that I that I know, I think most of our work and our example is outside the rooms of AA. Yeah, you know, I'd, I'd agree with that. Yeah, because I traveled for a living. You're a public speaker and a professional speaker, and oh, we'll we'll want to plug your book that's up and coming as well mm-hmm. before we get done, so people know how to get that and the published dates and all that thing. Um, but I spent 20 years on the road and individuals knew I didn't drink. Some knew why, right? When they were close, I, you know, I had no, I I didn't have any anonymity when I was out there ripping and running and I sure (laughs) as hell don't have any anonymity, you know, in, in my sober life. And, um, And so, but I found, and, and this is go back to what we chatted about offline. This is a design for living. 100%. 100%. The, the, the program of recovery that you and I are involved with is duplicated. It, it's born out of religion, and that's why mm-hmm. we can come along any monotheistic religion of the world, the Buddhist network, the naturalist. Mm-hmm. Everyone, it, it comes from the same thing of surrendering yourself, admitting, surrendering, yeah. and, then, and then finding a path moving forward. And doesn't, doesn't everyone from every walk of life need that, whether they're alcoholic or not? I, th- I think that it all comes, you know, you talk about the religions of the world and, I, and maybe I'm being a little too broad on this, but I think it all ends with grace. Like that's what we want. And that's, yeah. you know, kind of, kind of the end result is, you know, whether it's, you know, you t- I, I picture this cross, you know, I'm not trying to get religion, but I, I picture these different kinds of religions and, and, and this and that of the world, but at the center of the cross, everyone comes together and we're looking for grace. And we're looking, and, and in my experience that it's like, I can't do this. I need help. I can't do this on my own. My will has run riot and just destroyed myself and everyone else in my life, literally for decades before I got sober. And I need some help yeah. outside of my body that is a higher entity, God, if you will, than myself. And I've experienced grace from from God. And 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 I'll never shy away from talking about that because that's you know you something know, that I, I hold very sacred in my life. I have met non-alcoholics and non-drug addicts who have a problem with their marriage. I've, I've known non-addicted people who didn't know how to keep a job. Sure. I've known, I've known a number of people outside of the rooms who just have a problem with life on life's terms. You know, one of the greatest examples and, and, I, I want to encourage you and others out there. I want you to go watch the movie Wizard of Oz. Oh, I love it. Yeah. And look through the Wizard of Oz with the eyes of a person in recovery. Okay. Because right. everyone's looking for something. Dorothy doesn't know what it is. She just knows it's somewhere over the rainbow. She meets the scarecrow uh-huh. first, who doesn't, who doesn't think he has a brain. Then she meets the lion who doesn't feel that he has courage. He has courage, no courage. Tin man who doesn't think he has a heart. He has a heart. Yep. You get to yep. the end, you yeah. get to the end of the movie. The, all the scarecrow gets is, is a diploma, something, someone yeah. recognizing him. And all of a sudden he's doing mathematical equations. Yes. The, the lion gets, gets a medal. And all of a sudden, he's spouting World War II courageous type sayings, whatever. <laughs> you know, he's and, Winston and Churchill. The tin, man, the tin Man gets a rep- representation of a heart, and, and he, he says, "I know, I know, I have a heart, 
because yeah. I feel it breaking. So oh, all they right. were were yeah. people who were misplaced, who didn't think they had something, but then they were recognized of having it and they automatically had it. Then at the end of the movie, Dorothy goes home. She tries to tell Auntie M and all about her adventure. And she says, what I know is I, if I'm ever looking for anything again, I only have to look, I don't have to look any further than my own backyard. Oh, it's amazing. That's a, that's such a great way of looking at it. Cause I, you know, I've seen obviously Wizard of Oz, but yeah. I have not looked at it through that lens. And now that hearing you break that down the way you did, I'm thinking of myself and, and other people in recovery, I guess like almost newcomers that were just broken people and yeah. myself like, okay, Tin Man, I didn't think I had a heart because I thought it was kind of heartless. I did heartless things. You, you spent too many years taking hostages. Yeah, it's exactly. I took, oh my God, the emotional hostages I took were just insane. And then the, uh, I had no courage because it was all false courage. It was false bravado. It was false ego. It was all power this power you never had. It was all this arrogance that, yeah, it was, but I had no power, you know, so I, I regained that. And, and then um, the other examples. And what I've regained a lot of it, you know, courage and, and confidence as opposed to arrogance or a heart of compassion, yeah. empathy, sympathy, stuff like and that. And you've been that smart really enough have. to stay out of prison. Well, well yeah, for, for a handful of years. <laughs> and it's been great. <laughs> Good point. But I learned that through uh, the program and I learned that through the template of living. And I really grew up in this program, learned how to be an adult and learn how to to get those things, you know, that, that uh, the Tin Man didn't have, or, the, or you know, or yeah. the Scarecrow didn't have, or the Cowardly Lion, you know, and all this stuff. So what a great analogy. So yeah. next time and, I and, see that, I'll, yeah. I'll look through the, that lens. And, yeah. and even the wizard was living a lie. Mm -hmm. Fantastic movie. Haven't yeah. seen it in yeah. a while. But, you know, it's one of those ones I try to watch once a year. It's kind of like It's a Wonderful Life, Christmas Eve. Oh, sure. Know? Yeah. Good old George. Good old George, you know. Always no, makes and, you feel it, good. It's just a great example. And here were people depicted... They weren't addicted to anything. Nothing. Nothing. They just they were just displaced. They just didn't understand who they were. And I think that's our overall message. And as you go out and you meet people out, especially outside of the rooms, because they know that there's something different about bow pain. Yes, absolutely. They they are not sure what it is because they don't know you, but you know. it's like you're smiling a little bit more than the average yes. person. You got absolutely. a little elevation in your voice. You seem to use words with meaning. What is it about you? I, you know, I, I, I get that, you know, from even people who may have known me 30 years ago from high school, where I was this, you know, uh -huh. real, real kind of big time athlete and, you know, and I don't say those things because I'm not a, I don't care about that. It's years and years ago, but, but, you know, but I was also very arrogant and I was very insecure, yeah. you know, so I was rude and I was just doing all these things to cover up all the bad ways that I felt about myself and had a close friend of mine. We kept up a little bit over the years. A couple of years ago, he's, we were talking on social media and he says, dude, you have been effing reborn. It is unbelievable. <laughs> he's like, I don't even recognize you. And, uh, and he said it in a positive way, you know? And, yeah. and, and I said, you know, I just, I just got tired of being, being somebody just the shell of a person. I, I got yeah. tired of hurting people and letting people down. And, and I found my purpose and I found my why in life. And then I just, went about my my way of attacking it and finding out what I can do to help others by being the best that I can be. Yeah. You know, Zig Ziglar said, the biggest tragedy in the world, I'm paraphrasing Zig, he said, the greatest tragedy is that a person dies with their song still in them. Oh, 100%. Isn't that crazy? 100%. It's, and, but and it's we, so true. We as individuals, because, you know, when I came into recovery, as so many people know, Bo, and you probably know this as well, I've 
alcohol was my primary. I became uh, addicted to drugs. Mine too. I I I was a compulsive gambler. Mine too. I, me, or me too. Compulsive yeah. overeater, bulimic, and I was addicted to pornography. So yeah. all of these things and everything centered around me not knowing how to live. Obviously, when you when I removed the alcohol, we talked about the controllables and the uncontrollables, uh -huh. many things went away. But I had to work on those other things that were behavior, not yeah. substance uh, yes. minded, that that the new way of living. And there's a lot of people out there who are searching for something that they already own. Mm -hmm. And one of the things that I tell new coaching clients or people I work with offline is everything you ever need to be the person you want to be, you already possess. My opportunity is to help you find it and then activate it. Yeah, absolutely. But you already you already own that. Have you found that to be true as well? I found a hundred percent to be true because a lot I I had to do some. I had to have like a quote unquote come to Jesus. You know, like mm -hmm. all right, dude, because I knew I knew inside that I possessed a lot of good things as far as sure being able to help people or being able to help myself. And, but for me, I just got so sick and tired, not sick and tired of being sick and tired. I mean that too, but I got sick and tired of being a waste and, yes. and being, and, and being looked at as a waste. Like, Oh, uh, Bo, Mr. One time, you know, uh, you know, draft pick by the Marlins or, you know, he was a paratrooper in the army and he had all this talent and all this stuff. Oh, he's always oh, in prison again. You know, oh, he got a seventh DUI or, Oh, he got, a, you know, it just, it's like, I just, people just, I, I became a mockery. Yeah. And my and I had so much music still left in me to compose and to share yeah. with the world, like like you said. And I knew it, and so I I really prayed about it. And I actually I was I was closing in on my last term of my my last prison sentence. And I'm like, dude, you've got to change, man. This is this is insane. This is absolutely insane. What are you doing back in here? And slowly but surely, I started helping guys on the rec yard in the, in the prisons, like these these kind of guys that were kind of timid and meek. And I don't say it in a bad way, but you know, guys that would not be picked to play on a prison softball league or a prison athletic, you know, prison athletics, is very competitive, you know, and it's sure. rough, and, but it's, and, and it's people, you know, they fight all the time, but they want to win, you know, and it, it's, and so I started helping guys who were shy or didn't know how to swing the bat right, or didn't know how to shoot a jump shot or, and then I saw that their improvement on the field translate into the way that they carried themselves <laughs> in like it. general population walking to the chow hall amongst, you know, 1500 other inmates. And I was like, wow, okay. So if I could have just a little bit of influence on somebody to maybe they walk with their head a little higher or their chest out a little bit more, I was like, dude, this is really cool. And I started feeling better about my own self. Right. And then I, I started realizing that the stuff that I had these talents that I had that we all have, not, they're not just proprietary to me. I think we all have our own specific set of good talents sure, that we can use we to do. help people. And I realized that my own talents were just dormant, but they weren't gone. And yeah, I, never I love really, that word dormant. That's you know, right. they were just sitting there unused. Um, and, I, and I saw some evidence of how I could help people. And I just carried it into my everyday life. It's been, you know, years since I've been out and I've just never kind of looked back at it. it just, gives me a lot of joy, you know, to, to not only help other people, because I find when I help other people, it's a win-win, you know, I become a you better know, person myself. I, and, and I love that. And I want to wrap up our conversation with that because, you know, I think you'll agree and, and many of you listeners will agree as well. Show me a person who doesn't receive and I'll show you a person who doesn't give. Because I think the reason 
that you received so much in your recovery, Bo, is because when it was least expected or least rewarded, you gave. And I think I think the universe, even on a non-religious standpoint, the law of attraction tells me that if I put out goodness, I can receive goodness back. I may not receive it in the measure that I thought or the way that I thought or with the the substance that I thought, but if nothing else, I will feel good about me because of what I self selflessly did. And when I first felt good about me for the first time, I'll never forget it. Finally, I thought maybe, maybe you are somebody, maybe you can make a difference. And man, brother, when that light goes on, everything begins to change yep. because it, then it just adds, you know what I'm saying? So I know probably when you exactly. saw that person walk into lunch and you thought it started out on the basketball court and yet you see the real, they, their, their shot was probably still crappy. But yet they walked a little taller in that yes. lunch line and maybe they weren't a victim as much anymore. And maybe exactly. they were able to see something in themselves that could self-actualize and turn into their own personal power. And what a victory that is. What a difference th- that is. And I think, and I want to say this real quick, because I know we got to wrap up, but I think that once we find our purpose and our, our why, for lack of a better word, I think that it be, then it becomes incumbent upon us to act on it. Yes. I don't I, I think that if we realize that we have a purpose and we find what our purpose is and we, when we see that our purpose can help other people to sit on that and not do anything about it is being complicit in someone else's uh, downfall in life correct if that and, makes and sense. you know what yeah. and once we are guilty of that we have to relinquish any expectation that our own life will ever get better Oh, 100%. 100%. Because the minute uh, I stop helping somebody in in any kind of way, little way, uh, I'm not going, I'm going to remain stagnant or I'm going to backslide. I'm not going to get better. There's no way. Yeah. You know, the the gifts of God, as we would understand God, the gifts that are given to us, if we don't use them, just like a brainstem injury patient, those things become atrophied. And we may have the muscle, but we no longer, you're a person going through therapy. You know, you've gone through shoulder therapy, probably knee surgery you need to work yeah. yeah you needed to make sure that those muscles those tendons did not atrophy so you needed physical therapy to work through the pain uh-huh. work through it all so you could have full use of it again and isn't that what our soul and our spirit mandates 100 percent. i would not i would not argue with that when i i i, I couldn't find an, yeah. an argument within that it's, it's perfectly said well bo what we intended to talk about, we never got to. <laughs> I, I, I was just thinking of that, but we had a good conversation. We, I was we, had a, we, yeah. we didn't get to the topic, but I think yeah. we covered a lot of really but we neat did. stuff. We, and, we got to yeah. all the topics. Because, folks, what you don't know is that Bo and I chatted 45 minutes before we started recording this podcast. And we've been on this podcast for the last, uh, what is it, uh, 35 or minutes, 35, something like minutes, that. Yeah. And so we've been talking 75 minutes, and we yeah. can do another 75, but you'd probably Easy. turn us off. <laughs> <laughs> but that, you know, and I want to say before we go, that that's the, oh, beauty, that's right. that's, that, that's the beauty of recovery is that it, it, it's one alcoholic talking with another. Yes. And, and sharing our experience, strength, and hope with each other. And someone like me with a handful of years of sobriety, you know, speaking with someone like you with 36 years, you know, and me with my, you know, six years and, and just kind of bouncing stuff off of what works for us and, and affirming 
that, that this yeah. is really, you know, like I love talking to people like you. I've, I put a really big premium on one day at a time, quality sobriety. Yes. And I love when I see 20, 30, 35, 40 years, men with that kind of quality sobriety, not just this, I'm better and you, but you know, I, and it just, I think that more people need to see that, that, that yeah. um, you can live the rest of your life happy in solution, in service, in gratitude. And it just continues to get better, you know, and, you know, and so today is day 13,279. Yeah. Yeah, and and I'm still doing and in a different approach, different level. I'm still doing everything today that I did when I got my sixty day chip. Yeah, absolutely. So, I'm, so I'm everything over change, everything changes, but nothing changes. Everything changes, but nothing changes. It's exactly you know. Yeah, no, hundred percent. I yeah, I don't have anything to add to that because yeah. it's perfect. It's perfect. And 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 that's a great thing because you know when we work with newcomers in and out of the rooms, we don't have to sort of reinvent. You know they. Tom Bennett told me that the the program of recovery is like a giant adjustable wrench that'll fit any nut that walks in. <laughs> That's pretty and, good. And, and and I don't. They didn't need to say, "Man, Robert's here. He's really jacked up. What are we going to do with this guy?" Right? They knew what to do with me, yeah, just course. like I know what to do with every other person. They knew what to do with you, and you know what to do with others as they come in. We apply the same tools that were given to us and help an individual learn how to use those tools themselves. I find the program works on everybody. If, yep. if they want to work the program, if they don't, then, well, oh, I'm sorry for them. <laughs> you know you know what? But and and like, I guarantee uh, yeah. you, if I give you the keys, but you never turn on the ignition, your car will never go anywhere. Car ain't going to start. And, sure. you know, I'm not terminally unique. I am an alcoholic who needs help. And the help for me is a relationship with my higher power, working steps, cleaning my side of the street, and putting my hand out to other people who need help. You know Glad what? You just described me. Yeah. And you just described every successful person in recovery that I've ever met. And it's simplicity too, isn't yeah. it? You know, it's like, and it works. Yeah. <laughs> I love it. So great. Hey, before we part, remind everyone how they can yeah. get you on Instagram. Um, and, and just when is your book going to be released? I'm really interested in that. Sure. Um, so again, Instagram, my handle is uh, sober book. So S O B E R B E A U. You can follow me on that. And then I, uh, you can go to bopain.com. That's my website, uh, B-E-A-U-P-A-Y-N-E.com. And then my book is called Pain to Purpose because last name Pain. And we're looking at a late September, early October release uh, exclusively on Amazon. It'll be on uh, Kindle Digital, hard copy, soft copy. So you can just, uh, when, when it releases, I'll promote a little more. So go go ahead and that. I think, you know, I have a good team around me. We're really proud of the book. We put a lot of work into it. Mm -hmm. And I feel good about uh, about writing it. And uh, yeah, and I do a lot of speaking around the country too. And if you're interested in having me come talk to your organization or I speak to athletic organizations, business organizations, a um, little bit about recovery here and there. You can get me on bowpain.com on my website there. And uh, yeah, so that's that's how you can get a hold. Awesome. Sure. Well, I will put uh, your your web link uh, in the notes to, uh, to this podcast uh, as well. Great. And uh, had a great time. And, yeah, uh, me too. Been, me too. It's it's been great getting back together, and um, I'm going to give you the name of my friend Justin, who runs the Rico Twelve podcast on Fridays, because I know he'll be interested in hearing your story as well. Okay. Uh, and so, yeah, it's been a great afternoon. And I really appreciate the time. I'm glad we were able to get this scheduled uh, in advance. And so, follow Bo 
And uh, I follow Bo and I look forward to seeing what he's going to do every day and, and his approach to recovery, because I just don't learn from people who have been around longer than me. I learn from people like Bo who maybe have a fresh re approach for different reasons. They come from a different arena, a different background, um, but they have a fresh approach to what I've been trying to do. And, and it doesn't matter where I learn, it matters that I learn, 100%. you know, because uh, as it says in the big book, contempt prior to investigation is a bar against all information and will lead to everlasting ignorance. And I will be ignorant no more. So that. Hey, <laughs> have a great day, Bo. Thank you again. And thank you very much for listening to this podcast. Uh, this will be uh, obviously on, uh, on Tuesday, you're going to get this next. And then on Wednesday, this will be on uh, uh, Rec the real recovery guy on YouTube. So I hope that you dial it up there as well. You know, one of the most important things that we all remember, and we talked about it earlier, is that we all come in broken. But remember, we get broken apart and we get whole together. My name is Robert. And as always, I am the recovery guy. <music>